Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Breath of Air podcast. My name is Adam Jolly, and joining me, as always, is Z Johnson. Z, how are you? I am doing all right. Uh, can we address the fact that second year running, that mental health awareness month comes and goes, and we didn't record anything? <laughs> yeah, that's how we. That's that's how we celebrate it. Is that we don't record, we don't add the stress of talking about mental health and editing a podcast and me always checking how many likes do I have on LinkedIn. That's how I, um, that's how I celebrate mental health month is not celebrating it at all. Not even observing. <laughs> don't even acknowledge it. Just let it keep on rolling by. May doesn't exist. May doesn't exist in our world. It's like the no. 13th floor of a building where it's just like... You just skip it's it. like the 12th floor, the 14th floor. I'm like, actually, the 14th floor is the 13th floor. We're just playing games. <laughs> That's what May is for me. It doesn't exist. <laughs> the number of stairs in between floors will always either be 12 or 14. <laughs> yeah, it's just a port. It's like it's like Super Mario. There's just a, a pipe there that I jump in, and, I'm, and then I'm upside down, and I'm on the 14th floor. <laughs> I just skip. I just go April, June. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe it's June. Ooh, man. April showers bring June flowers. <laughs> Are. You know, we, we could also spin it. I mean, come on, marketing spin here. Everyone else is talking about mental health in the month of May. The reason our podcast exists is in part because outside of the month of May, mental health is not necessarily addressed very much. So if you put it in that light, like, kind of makes sense that we're it like, true. we, we take a break in May. Yeah. Everyone else is covering it. It's all good. We'll jump in. back in in June when no one's talking about it again. It is. The rest of the world is our understudy. <laughs> and we just, we take the month off. They get their shine. The bandwagon is full yeah. for May. We're just yeah. like, go ahead. Yeah. You talk about it too. No, meditation. Great. Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> little things like that. Oh my gosh. I know work-life balance. Cool. And then we're back in June. Everybody's forget. Everybody's moved on to the next month. Oh yeah. Yeah. We're good. Uh, so what are we going to talk about today? And one thing, okay. So the last, let's see, since we last recorded, I have gotten COVID. You have gotten a major eye infection. We recorded in person together. I had a substitute teacher come in for Dietrich once mm -hmm. on another day. And all kind of like COVID's back, uh, the world's falling apart. There's inflation, well, gas prices. And we're going to be in trouble. Hey, yeah. la. <laughs> the teachers COVID attacked back. us back in with, or with our kids. Kids are, I mean, it's everything. Our pets' heads are falling off right now. And it got me thinking about, like, what is the core of where a lot of mental health issues come from for me, for mm -hmm. everybody? And we've talked mm -hmm. about it here. So we talk about, like, you know, anxiety, we talk about stress. We're talking mm -hmm. about fear, guilt, yep. those things come. But at its core, the main part of it is a lack of feeling safe. Yep. And so today we're going to talk a little bit about just like what that, that main starts. So say like think about if you're classic, you know, psychology and behavior therapy is, you know, you have your thoughts and how do you get to the action? And so yeah. we're going to talk about that, that first thought and that first thought of being like, I don't feel safe. Yep. How that noise and that message seems to be louder and coming from more directions than ever before. 
in society. And I don't know if it's because things are actually less safe or maybe like we just have more access to that feeling whenever before, or more reasons that are echoed to us. So the interesting thing about that dichotomy of, is it that things really aren't safe, like are less safe versus, or is it that we're just hearing about the things that happen that are unsafe, that make the world unsafe much faster. I think it's the latter, because I think there have been studies that have shown that measures wise, it's actually safer than it used to be 40, 50 years ago. However, news cycles, social media, all of these things make it so that something that happens five minutes later, the world knows about it because yeah. it's everywhere. And so it's like instantaneous knowledge of things that are happening around us, far from us. But because we are privy to that information, we start feeling unsafe as we listen to that information. So I think, uh, we also should acknowledge the fact that literally for the last two years since COVID um, became a thing that everyone talked about, it's really been, um, I don't think we've acknowledged as much as we should. We've been told that it's dangerous to breathe around other people, that it might be life-threatening. And that is, you know, breathing is extremely core to our existence. <laughs> And being told that, you know, being around other people from being a species that needs other people to feel safe, we've been told be by yourself, isolate, don't go out, don't go do these things because your life is literally on the line. And then it's not just your life, it's other people's lives. And as we started to emerge from that, where now we have a way to get vaccinations and and we have medicines that now can help us with covid it's that stress level like kind of sort of came down yeah. but then we have the war in ukraine and worries about what russia is going to do beyond the ukraine right so that adds to the lack of feeling safe last week uh, the last week of May, um, there was a shooting, a, a terrible shooting at an elementary school, which not only is good, has the effect of people not feeling safe, but it also impacts children and their ability to feel safe at school, parents' ability to be, feel safe sending their child to school. I mean, it, all of these things all together, the economy might be going on a downturn. Now we don't feel safe about our jobs. We don't feel safe about our incomes. We don't feel safe about our savings. We don't feel safe about so many things. And I think over the past while, we have had our feeling of safety erode across many different planes, physical safety, mental safety, and emotional safety. Yeah, that's a huge piece. There's something too also. I think that this term, this idea of tribalism and uniting off of, of fear, a lot of times it's almost been the divide and conquer type piece 
to where like small like groups have share a fear but it's just like you have a tribe of people that have that fear right um and now the enemy is so much more vast yeah so many of a larger group of people you know i think back like you know when when 9 11 happens like the, yep. a huge swell of patriotism in the united states because like we knew the enemy was this group of people in this country. And they didn't look like us. And they didn't have the same religion. And it was like such religion, like right. all these different things. We were like, let's all come together because of that. And then right. now you have like the enemy is a virus that attacks yeah. everybody, every age, every yeah. creed, every, everything. Right. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, okay. So like, where's the enemy? For us to like grab onto, right? And if, the and, enemy you know, is invisible. Hey, we found a way, right, right, to find out the enemy. Sometimes the enemy is Fauci. Sometimes the enemy, you know, you, you find an enemy of yeah. who it is. But yeah. like, as we start to feel less safe, and as like larger groups of people start to feel unsafe, like you think about over the last two years, yes, the pandemic is everyone. But then you have you know the entire African American community yep. coming together with with what's happened over the last year and a half. Now it's yep. like. Our children are under attack. So it's every parent ever that's sending yes. their kid to school. Fuck. Right. Yes. And so like as it's not just that things are less safe, it's just that that fear is such a broader stroke yeah. than it ever has been. It's not limited to a group. It's not like like uh code market research terms, like communities for ailments, right? Like you have like yeah. unbelievable engagement for those type of things. Cause it's like Oh my gosh, I have type two diabetes too. And you're like, well, right. that's like pretty small, or I have this type of thing. It's like we're bonded together because of this miserable experience together, and we're such a limit. And it's like something we've gone through, not a lot of other people have gone through. And yeah. that's what makes like the insights that you get from those communities so so great. Other part, like a super fan would be the same thing. I don't know why I went with ailment. That's where I'm at. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but this is like it's almost like a gen pop fear. It's a steal a market research term, right? Yeah. And it's yeah. it's it's nationally rap. It's just like, it's General small sober so much. And it's what we talk about all the time. But then we also have, I mean, if you look at, um, there is a level of fear, general population, gen pop, but even within general population, as happens in any population, you have this subgroup that is kind of treating things as though the fear is made up the fear isn't real, the thing, the enemy isn't real, you should stop worrying, it's all a hoax kind of thing, yeah. which then adds to others feeling of insecurity and lack of safety, that it's like one person is seeing everything fall apart and the other person is like, that's not, it's fine. Right. And you're like, but you think about a lot of times, like their refusal to acknowledge is because of their own lack of their own fear. What their norm is. Yes, right? yes. I remember is, once, yeah. once reading a thing, um, and I found it so fascinating that when you look at the conservative versus the liberal side of the United States, there was two uh, yeah. increasingly polar opposites. Sure. Both are actually motivated by fear but it's a different type of fear. There's like a fear of losing your sense of self versus a fear of not having a community. Or, or it, it was just really interesting that, um, sorry, I said that very poorly because those are kind of the same thing. 
one was like a physical fear, a fear of physical safety, whereas the other side has a more emotional fear of like, is everyone okay? Right. Yeah. Um, and I find it very interesting that neither side is driven by any kind of like, uh, I just find it interesting that politically both sides are driven in this by fear. We're, we're, we, we as a species, I think are driven by fear. We're driven by fear to identify the other. We're driven by fear to figure out where we belong, where we don't belong, who do we talk to? Who do we not talk to? Um, who can we literally feel safe with? And who can we not, who do we not feel safe with? There, there's just, there's a lot happening in the world that has very much eroded all of our ability to feel safe. No, I agree. That's something I, um, so I think with battles with anxiety and stress, like I'm constantly looking for some kind of like safety. Yep. And um, I think about religion a lot, like Christianity specifically. And so for a lot of people like Christianity can feel, I mean, we use it as a fear mongering tool at times. Yeah. Uh, you know, we will talk about the Ten Commandments without talking about salvation, right? <laughs> or we'll right. talk about like the horrible parts of like the Old Testament without telling the story of the New Testament or something, you know, right. something like that. Right. But, um, Be good because otherwise you will burn a fiery right. death. Exactly. Like fire and brimstone type talk. At yep. the same time, like there's so many more type places in Christianity that is like fear not, like don't have fear. Like yeah. it's the peace of God that you're supposed to be searching for, right? Yep. Like there's a, like a, a peace that you can have in presence that is about not having fear, not being like, don't worry about being safe because you're going to be safe right here. Yeah. And it's so, again, that's like you said, with the partisanship, that is like a core that then we take the pieces out to tell yep. our narrative. Yeah. Right? Yep. Like, okay, so don't do this, don't do this. And it's it's weird, like, uh, just like, not to get on like a political tangent, but like, it's it's so funny, like, when you think about the evangelical conservatism that is based off of, like, what's happening within the gospel, within the Bible, but yeah. then, like, the behaviors of, if you were to write down, like, how you should treat people, the Good Samaritan type stories, those type, it definitely yeah. swings towards the other party. Yes. It's like the good for the whole giving people right. a second chance, like don't turn your back on people. Um, right. Love, like things like that. Right. Um, and all of that is because like we want, it's not so much about messaging it out. I don't know if it's so much about the message that we want to hear to feel safe. It's about getting others in to feel safe with us. And a lot I of think times that you could say, look at that, that definitely, I can't tell you if it's safe to be here, but I can tell you that is not safe. Right. 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 It's the comparison aspect. So you should be with me. Like we'll be safer together. Yep. And I think that is a huge element of, of what's been taken away because we're no longer safer in groups. We're no longer safe together. And we are biologically geared towards needing other people around us to feel safe. And in that, like, we need settings, we need other, we need to know where we feel safe. Be, and it's not just by ourselves. It can't that's, be just by ourselves. Yeah. We that's need the to find about 
the pandemic, right? The safest yes. place is by yourself in yes. your home. Yes, yeah. yes. And it, it's just been interesting because like my husband was talking, we've talked a lot uh, recently about like anxiety and depression and stuff. And, um, you know, the increase in both that, that I feel increase for him for anxiety. And he's like, but at the same time, given the past two and a half years, I kind of think maybe my increases in, in anxiety is well warranted. Like it's not uncommon for people to feel more anxious now because of the events of the past two and a half years. And it just, it's like, it's okay. But at the same time, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording, there is this new normal of just not feeling safe with anyone anywhere. Yeah. And it's expected and it's almost, um, so no, you're never going to read a LinkedIn post that's going to say, um, don't feel safe. You should be afraid. Right. You will feel, you will read on LinkedIn, be comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah. Step out of your safe, your comfort zone. Yeah. Right. Try something new or you'll never grow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And all of those things are promoting this. It's the hustle porn. It's just like bad motivational posters about like that. Not that it's okay to not feel safe, but that you will struggle if you only feel safe. God, I hadn't thought of that. Like you won't be as successful as others. You won't if have you, this entrepreneurial spirit, whatever bullshit. If you're not always fighting uh, against if something. you're not always fighting against something. That there's not something, there's not always like another mountain. There's not always like another enemy that you're trying to overcome. A goal, whatever, right? Like all those things are painted as bad. And like, if you're not struggling to overcome those things, then you're, you're going to be left behind or... And, and as far as like on a success meter or an admiration meter compared to everyone else. I, the thing that suddenly dawns on me as you're talking about that is that then we become our own worst enemy and now we're not even safe by ourselves. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, when I, when I am at my worst is when I'm by myself. It is unbelievably uncomfortable for me. Like it is, it, it's weird when I, it's like, for instance, when I w went to IIEX last month and I think yeah. about, okay, so I'm going to go to this conference. There's pressure. There's all these things happening. There's all these like changes in like professional or personal life, all these things. And like, I don't want to be alone at any time during this conference because I'm going to start thinking it's not going to feel safe I'm going to be mm. away from these things. And so like having Dietrich with me the entire time, right? Yeah. Like we, or having like somebody with me, having a friend with me, having like a yeah. tether of some sort Yeah. because like I had bought in to this, like comfortable being uncomfortable, like, Hey, everything's not safe. And that's what you should be doing. You should be pushing yourself beyond your safety boundaries. Yeah. To where like the last thing I wanted to do by myself. Yeah. Because I'd overthink it. Yeah. Or not even overthink it, just think it. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> right. right. It's not even overthinking. It's just right. flat out thinking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It it's um safety is 
there's a reason that it's like there isn't Maslow's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> Let's go back to basic psychology and yeah. and notice that if you don't feel safe, it's hard for you to work up that scale of psychological health. So how do you find ways to feel safe when everything around argues otherwise? Uh, this is going to sound crazy. I mean, I don't expect anyone to do this, honestly, but I ask it. <laughs> I ask it, like, am I in a safe like position? And we say little things like that, like, hey, this is a safe place. Yeah. Uh, but recently, like, I'm going through something where I'm like, I have like some fears starting to mount up and I'm starting to think like, Oh my gosh, this might be, this might be too much. And so like, I went and asked somebody like, is this safe? Can I feel safe? Yeah. And like getting that affirmation back or getting like reasons why and ask, I mean, it sounds like so elementary to ask somebody. Right. Um, And it was like, yeah, it's fine. We got you. Right. Like, we have the support network. We have like a net right. to catch you. Don't worry about failing. Don't worry about this. Like things yeah. are better than what they have been. We're going to be here. And all yeah. of a sudden it was like, whew. and I talked to you like right before that conversation happened. Right. Yeah. And, I, and I was just like, oh, cause I was kind of a wreck. Um, yeah. But it's just like ask. And I don't know, like a lot of people don't have that person. They get like, you're not like going into a situation when there's somebody there to let you know, like, Hey, the water's fine. Type, right. stuff, like, type thing. But like for me, that felt like so out of the normal routine of how I approach non-safe situations or really yeah. risky situations to ask somebody like, what is my level of safety here? Right. You know? Not my risk level, but like, what is my level of safety? Right. In this place, like, am I gonna ha- if I fuck up, how bad is it going to be for me, for everyone? Right. Right. So that was huge. I don't, we would never think about doing that. I've never thought about doing that before. I'm just like, ah, shit, I'll figure it out. <laughs> you know? No. I, I'll suffer through it. Right. Right. Yeah. And I I think in Western culture is very much about you just muscle through. Yeah. Right? You, you find the strength within yourself. You pull yourself up by your bootstraps. All those sayings of just rely yeah. on yourself. Why rely on another person? Whereas... Again, it to me, it just keeps coming back to that basic biological way that we have been built that we need other people. And I think, I think it's fair to say that we take our cues from other people. We look to other people for those cues and identifying markers of you're safe here, right? Yeah. It, it's whether you're a, a person who is highly sensitive to people around you and the way that like a group feels in general. Or if you're a person who just like, you're just not sure, should I, should I not? Can I be here? Can I not be here? What can I say? What can't I say? How open can I be? How closed should I be? Um, We often, we take our cues from people around us and I think a huge part of mental health is 
knowing that you can be with other people and be safe, that there is a spot for you to be safe that involves other people, not just yourself. It's funny. I even, it, it got us to talking about what does safe feel like as far as goals or expectations at work. And so, you know, like the classic sales manager is going to be like, <laughs> hit your, there's no ceiling on how much commission or how much you can sell <laughs> Go for 120%, like do this. Right. We said like, this is, this is the safe section. Yeah. Yeah. And then this is the above and beyond instead right. of just like shoot for the moon. Cause that's probably not like the, that's not what you're going to read in a growth book right. <laughs> to talk like that. But like, this is what it looks like safe. This is what it looks like not safe. And this is what it looks like to like exceed what you yeah. do with that. And yeah. I think that you can do that because it looks like we can't all just be unbelievably driven, no fear people. Yeah. You know, or else it's chaos. Yeah. I don't know. It is. I think it is. But I think if we can find if we can find groups with or even one other person with whom you can feel safe, I think that goes a huge way towards helping one's mental health. I mean, that is probably the biggest key to all of it is just start small. Sometimes you just start with one person, find one person with whom you feel safe, and then you can start to build from there. But it's, it's incredibly important, I think, to have at least one person. Yeah, you have to. You can't. Yeah. If we get back to where if you're on your own, then right back into that you know, divide and conquer type thing. You've been divided and you're on your own. There's nobody you can feel safe. It's just like that, you know, the pandemic, yep. the alone in your apartment <laughs> in the pandemic yep. type situation again, you know, what can yep. you trust with? There's no net underneath you. You know, we can't even imagine it. Yeah. And it's because paralysis. Yeah. Yeah. But this is great. <laughs> Another session in the books. And, uh, yeah, it feels good, right? To talk about, I, I just, uh, it's weird. Like, so we've had, what have we done? Like 60 episodes? 50? Yeah. Yeah, about 60 episodes. And I don't know if like, I've ever taken a step back to where it comes back to being safe. And it took somebody saying, like, the other day I was in a meeting. And they, you know, like the joke, like, this is a safe place. We say whatever here. Oh. Like, well, it's not fun. It's not a safe place. I can't say anything. But like that type of like de-arming device that we like, it's become so much more part of our vernacular now. And what we say now, like, hey, like, just want to let you know, you can be comfortable here. Because yep. we spend so much time being uncomfortable that yep. we find those little pieces of peace whenever we can. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess uh, takeaway if you don't feel safe, it's normal right now. It's totally normal. You're not like, alone. You are not alone in feeling alone. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Z. Thanks, Adam.